babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Edinburgh Festival Fringe, Joseph. Ah, thank you. Yes, just about to start. Just about to start in the next day or so. Can't wait to get to Edinburgh. Coming up on today's show, it's the last of our summer specials, and it's our Barcelona preview show. Yes, we are using this final summer special to get y'all hype, <laughs> hyped, pumped, excited, tripping over your words, all of the above <laughs> for the triumphant return of EPT Barcelona. We'll also be doing a bit of catch up on the big bullet points you might not yet have covered in poker and our lives and the world, like the fact that we have a new World Series of Poker champion. And on that subject, no super fan this week. But we do have a super guest. He has got the powers of an EPT Barcelona superstar and the added bonus of being a World Series of Poker main event winner. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, it's been a long time coming. We're finally having my dad on the show, <laughs> Hossein Ensan. The Benjamin Button of poker, the man who first appeared as the winner of a seniors event and has got younger with every single appearance on the tour since. Yeah, look, Hussein speaks a lot of languages. I don't know if English is the best one, but if we can somehow get his secret out of him, that is what I am aiming to do today. Good plan. Good strategy. I approve. I feel like we cover a lot of movies and the TV shows now on the Sunday Million stream. Yeah, so you know, yeah. we, we get through all that stuff in a different setting these days. And especially, I haven't had time to to watch much except except this is something we got to keep up with as it goes um i have been making it a point wh wherever i am in the world to keep up with better call saul how can you not and it just continues to impress week on week and something you miss joe not being on the most recent sunday million stream which is by the way part of our whole world it's the PokerStars content universe, the PSCU, <laughs> if you will. Got to keep up with all of it. Um, but I did describe this as very much The Godfather Part 2 to Breaking Bad's The Godfather, which seems a very appropriate analogy when you consider that, break, that, that Better Call Saul is now very much telling the story of what happens afterwards in addition to being a prequel to the events of Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's so sick because you watch that first episode, the black and white taxi thing. You assume this is like maybe Saul's last moments. Uh, you assume like this is going to be the end of the story. And basically when they wrapped up like the Lalo storyline, I was like, well, what else is there? Like that that's it. Like it's pretty much pretty much, you know, made in the shade. And then they're like, yeah, we know we're just going to now create an entirely new aspect of Saul's life for you to care about. And it's fucking awesome. The key question, spoiler alert for anyone who's not up to speed with the show, are we going to see Jimmy and Kim reunited at the end? Because it's clear some horrible fate did not befall Kim. She realized they were no good for each other. They went their separate ways. And then he went off to form Saul Goodman and Associates and became the person we know from Breaking Bad. It's where this story ends that I'm most interested in. Uh, and what have we got, like two or three episodes to go? Uh, I think, yeah, I can't tell if it's, I can't remember if it's two or three. I have a theory and I, it's not a good one. It's not okay, a happy I, one. I, I don't want to hear it in that case. Okay. I don't want to hear theories and I don't want anything that's going to depress me right now. Okay. I did actually check out an old episode of Breaking Bad after the most recent episode, because of course, 
an element of that was You were wondering, did this happen in Breaking Bad? Did I, did I, did I forget this? Did this scene actually happen? Absolutely. But it doesn't, right? Well, the thing I didn't realize is in Breaking Bad, when they do drag him out to the desert, he does cry out, it was Ignacio, did Lalo send you? So... The weird thing is those names do come oh up my in the episode of Breaking Bad and they've then obviously worked on that to create those characters and create those storylines that led up to that moment. Oh my fucking God. I'm getting chills. This guy's such a genius. God, I hope that he never, ever, ever dies and stop, never stops making TV shows. Anyway, um, again, if you've been watching the Sunday Million streams over the summer months, you will know that Joe has been on a tear of the US stand-up circuit. Those gigs are over, Joe, and you're now in the UK. Yes. I'm excited to do my Edinburgh shows. Excited for that to start. Uh, We've got seven shows coming up. Um, Dark on Sunday. We're going to do a little poker tournament at the uh, G Casino in uh, Maybury in Scotland. Uh, I'm going to be a bounty on my dark day, which is Sunday. So that should be a little 45-pound bounty tournament. So maybe I'll have some actual poker to talk about. Although it'll be on the Barcelona streams when you guys hear from me next. Yeah, Um, I think the weird thing we should highlight here is that we've released this podcast just before EPT Barcelona, but we're recording it the week before or the few days before you start the Edinburgh shows. And it's been really hard to coordinate calendars and get stuff done in the run-up to this event. So apologies for the fact that there'll be this gap between us recording and you hearing this. And we're previewing stuff that at the point people listen to this podcast will have already happened. Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing my sound check literally right now, but I was like, sorry guys, you scheduled it during the podcast and uh, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I got somebody over there in my proxy at the moment checking things out. I do want to recap Nottingham. Yes. Yes. So So that's the thing. We can talk about stuff that's already happened because that will be strictly speaking Still in the past. (laughs) Um, And I should highlight, and again, something else I said on the most recent Sunday Million stream is with Barcelona just around the corner, and of course that is going to be the main theme of this podcast, and we'll talk about it in detail in just a moment. Um, It's so busy right now, there is no way in hell that I can make it to Edinburgh to see one of your shows. I would love, love to be there to support you, but the timing could not be worse. I've got stuff going on at home, plus work is incredibly busy, just wasn't going to happen. Dude, that's nice that you even considered it. Honestly, I would never expect someone who wasn't already coming to this festival to like, you know, especially given the train situation in the UK. Um, you know, I've been traveling around the UK a little bit and uh, trains are getting canceled left and right. And so now you got to fly, you got to get on a plane. It's all it's all uh, kind of a no clusterfuck. guarantee so. the flight won't be canceled. Um, right. And again, we'll talk about Barcelona travel down the line. I also could not make it to Nottingham either and i would love not only to have seen your comedy gig but i'd love to have been at the uk ipt at dust till dawn just wasn't going to happen but did talk to spraggy about it on monday um and i know it didn't really work out for him in a poker sense but he implied that everyone else had a pretty good time yeah i would have to say that as usual my my experience at the uk ipt is that everyone was having a blast the poker was there for people who wanted it nottingham is actually a way more fun city than i realized the first time i went there i never actually went into the city center spraggy got and i got to go out to a nice dinner um we got to playfully toy with the idea of going out to these shit show bars and clubs with all the students in nottingham we did not do that we skipped it nimbus So what happened was in Vegas, uh, when I did my last show in Vegas, 
uh, these folks named Jeanette and Alex, who are from Nottingham, came up to me and said, if you if you ever want to do a show in Nottingham, we can arrange that for you. And I just so happened, UKPT Nottingham happened right before Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I was like, okay, this is a nice little confluence. Yeah. Um, I reached out to a member of our live events team, Margarita, and I said, hey, I, you know, I don't want to derail the UKPT or make it about me, but if you think this would be a fun thing for people to do, I'd love to team up. She said, no problem. Uh, they bought 30 tickets and they gave them away. There was like a wheel when you walked in. Spin to that wheel. Yeah, to dust till dawn. And believe it or not, I won. I won tickets to my own show when I spun the wheel. Well done, Joe. Um, you see, you say you never win anything, but actually when it's something irrelevant slash a prize you can't use, you're all over it. Absolutely, yeah. No, it was awesome. Um, uh, it was nice. It was nice to win selling for a change in a, in a poker room. Uh, so I ran into Willie Elliott, and uh, there's a new person in events named Elise who uh, and Raksha all like sort of combined efforts to get there uh, to make a crowd arrive for this thing. And then I run into Rob Young on the floor of Dust Till Dawn, and he's like, "Hey, man, how many people do you want at your show?" And, you know, I don't think he really understands how comedy works. And I'm like, all of them, uh, you know, all of the people He's like, are you sure? He's like, what if you're what if you're not very good? Maybe you don't want that many people there. I'm like, Rob, I want all the people there. So Rob says, OK, I'll I'll make sure it's filled for you. I'll, I'll let me buy the rest of the tickets. And the, the room holds uh, 180, sorry, 120. And. We'd, we'd sold about 50 tickets, including the 30 from Poker Stars. And I was like, look, I don't want to sell you all 70 tickets, uh, first of all, because maybe you won't use that many. Second of all, I would like some other people to be able to buy some if they want to. So Rob agreed to buy 50 tickets. And uh, not all 50 showed up, but we did get like another dozen or so, 15, 20 people, butts and chairs for the comedy show, uh, which was pretty cool. The only thing that kind of was a, a little bit of a weird thing about the show, James, is that there was a Stapes super fan who was there who I knew this guy was going to be a problem right away because... Now, just to be clear, Joe, yeah. super fan is the term we use for people who are fans of our content, who Sorry. love this podcast and come on and compete for prizes. Yeah. Stapes yeah. stalkers is the term for people who are a little bit too friendly towards you. This guy was the latter. This guy yeah. was a state stalker, and I knew it right off the bat because I was in the back of the room, and he was near his seat, and I'm going to make a motion to James. I'll try to describe it, but he kept going like this to me, like beckoning me to come over to him, like but with strong strokes of the hand, not like a, not like a gentle, like... You know, like a wave and wait yeah. for me to walk by. He was yeah. like, get over here now. And I was like, ah, shit, this guy's going to be a fucking problem. And he was a fucking problem. He heckled the first comic. And then I had to sit down next to him and go, hey, man, I'm really going to need you to just be, just be quiet, man. Just respect the other comics. And every time I spoke to him, he was genuinely contrite except for the fact he didn't change his behavior at all he would he would then turn to me during the other comics act and be like i'm here for you you're a funny fucker and i had to be like dude calm down you gotta calm down so the first comic leaves the stage the second comic uh is taking the stage and he tr he attempts to uh to go on stage with her Oh, my God. At which point, I grab him by the arm, and I, like, gently pull him to the back of the room where we have another conversation. This time, he stayed in the back of the room. He did get loud a couple of times, but at least he wasn't, like, actively, um, you know, 
messing up the comedian's performance. I know you want as many people at your gig as possible, but is there not an argument for removing this individual? I did. I look. The, the argument would be in a, in America in a comedy club, he'd be gone already. Right. The problem is that when you're doing like a pub show in you know in the English countryside, not only is there not like dedicated com- comedian security, but there's no security at all. And the the bartender was a young lady. I didn't want to put her in an awkward position to have to confront this guy. So I just said, before I went on stage, I said, hey, is there a manager? Is there somebody who can come by and watch his behavior and get rid of him if he doesn't calm down? I did have to address him one time during my show, which I don't like doing because that's giving them what they want. But after that, he shut up. Afterward, he was apologetic. Everyone seemed to like him and get along with him afterward. So it was fine. I just want to do a quick name check. So anyway, the show... Pretty well had some had some lulls had some holes in it had some spots that like definitely needed fixing. I'm really gr- grateful I got to do it in front of such a supportive crowd. Yeah, because um, th- I-, I didn't feel awkward about the parts that didn't work, and I think I fixed those in time for Scotland. Uh, but if I could do a quick shout out to some folks who were there, Growler was there. If you remember the person who walked me through VR, yes, I think you've met her at live events before. Uh, Jake Cody was there. Kate which Jody. Cool. Yeah, Cake Jody, Andy Wilson was there, and Andy apparently liked it so much he's coming to my opening night here in Nottingham, even though he already saw the rest of the fucking show. So Fantastic. thanks, everybody. It was a fun night overall. Oh, and I played poker. I played poker to like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I won. I think I walked with like up 17 pounds maybe. A 17-pound profit. Make a note, people. Plus next one. Time, next <laughs> time Stapleton whines about running bad, we will remind him of his 17-pound profit in That's the right. – Post UKIPT comedy night poker game. Um, since we last recorded an episode, since our first two summer specials, I did go on holiday. I went to the East Coast of the US, went to New York and Washington, D.C., first time ever in D.C. Was only there for a couple of nights, but loved it. Did all the kind of tourist stuff. Saw the Exorcist steps. Saw you didn't the- do regular tourist stuff. You did movie nerd tourist stuff. I did the White House and Capitol Hill and the Washington Monument. But yeah, also did some of the And a famous stuff set well. of stairs that a guy actually died on in a movie. <laughs> uh, also spent some time in Finland. The only poker experience I've had, Joe, uh, in the summer months is True Geordie did another event at the Hippodrome. You might remember tail end of last year. He ran some free rolls to his fan base. Uh, everyone got to bring a plus one and play in a shootout format tournament at the Hippodrome. There were bounties on selected players. There were cash prizes at the final table. Pretty much rinse, repeat, exact same format. All took place in Lola's in the basement of the Hippodrome. Nice. Um, And I was there not to play, but again, to compare, to MC the final table. The first time around, it was pretty quick in the sense that everyone was there to gamble. Everyone was there to play. And... You know, the crowd stayed interested because it wasn't a particularly long final table. Yeah. This time around, it was a bit more of a grind. Uh, it was there a change in the stru- was there a change in the structure or just no? It's just, just dynamic. It it's just yeah. dynamic, and because of that, you know, the crowd starts to lose interest. Also, you know, free bar, so not everyone is necessarily kind of one hundred percent there. Um, which makes it hard when you're trying to kind of host the room and you realize that most of the people really want you to shut shut the fuck up. Um, but I genuinely got I, the... Look, Im- I know that feeling very well. I've been asked to host those events so many times, and I'm like, I mean, you and I, we don't have a choice now because, you know, we're, we're both 
basically get paid a salary. But like, I used to be like, you're going to have to pay me. You're going to pay me a lot because everyone hates this. <laughs> Some people clearly did enjoy it. And I'd like to thank everyone who came up to say hello, because as I've said before, I think there is a decent crossover between the kind of PokerStars fan base and the True Geordie fan base. And clearly sure. a lot of people there who, as much as they love True Geordie, also love their poker. And with the free bar, with the free food, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. Uh, I met Whiston for the first time. Mason Pye was there. Finson came over from Ireland, got to catch up with Finson, saw him for the first time in three years, recommended The Godfather to him, which he watched within 48 hours and liked. So I'm very happy about that. If I could quickly, sorry, Mason and GJ both uh, at my show, Nottingham as well. I love those guys. Really grown, growing to like them a lot over the years um, and what they're doing sort of in the community and the way they conduct themselves. A lot of fun to hang out with those kids. Um, so in summary, the True Geordie event was incredibly successful, regardless of my attendance slash involvement. More on that gentleman in a moment. Ooh. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of EPT Barcelona, we can't ignore what came before it. The single biggest poker story of the summer, and that is the World Series of Poker 2022. Back in the summer, but not back at the Rio. New venue, straddled between Bally's and Paris, on the strip, people seem to love the new location. It seems to go relatively smoothly. An event of that scale, of that size, is always going to have problems. Now, there was something beyond their control at the end of it, which we'll come to in a moment. But as far as the poker headlines are concerned, Joe, I think the biggest things were Helmuth narrowly missing out on a 17th bracelet. And even though he didn't win, the fact that he was heads up for number 17 shows that However bad people may think he is at poker, or whatever may people people may think about him as a personality or as an ambassador for the game, he's still putting up results. His results are undeniable. Like you can't argue with his results. I understand all of the arguments people make; those who are his detractors, both uh, both personality wise and skill level wise. But like the dude just shows up at final tables. I think it wasn't even his only final table. I think right. I mean that one he got second, but I'm pretty sure he came close yeah. uh, a couple of other times too. So it, it's just it's uncanny. Like I I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I don't love the phrase white magic, but I'm not sure what else it could be at this point. Well, talking of consistency, Jungle Man won the 50k players championship for the second consecutive year. Granted, smaller fields in this, but nonetheless, that's still an accomplishment that we should salute. Yeah, totally. And also I would like to salute just how hard Jungle Man tries to make things interesting <laughs> uh, for the people who are covering it, you know, for the people who are are watching poker and he's a tough dude to figure out and you're like I'm not sure if he's in on the joke or not, and it turns out he is. Yeah. And I just got to say that I've been in talks with Jungle Man's management, and uh, I'm hoping we can get him on the podcast once we're back full swing this fall. Yeah, definitely need to make that one of our video episodes because I'm hoping he'll come suitably <laughs> attired. Uh, last but by no means least, Espen Eulen Jorstad, who also won the tag team event. I just found this out, by the way. I just Like two days ago, I think it was Spraggy who told me that like Espen and I don't know, was it Cori or something? Um, were like a team in the tag team event. And Spraggy was like, yo guys, like this is a novelty event. Like get the fuck out of here. Like this isn't cool. Like get lost. Like you guys each needed to go pick someone off the rail. And they were like, nah, 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 nah. And then they just win it. 
So having won the tag team event, your stud then bested a field of 8,663 to win the main event for $10 million. So he is the new WSOP main event champion. As that final table was being played, Joe, there was this incident which seemed to happen at a number of casinos on the Las Vegas Strip that right. weekend. Um, a false report of an active shooter, a loud noise that sparked some rumors but created mass panic. And again, this is nothing on the event or the resort. And I don't want to sound too cynical and I don't want this conversation to get too political, but is this just the reality of life in modern America? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why there were so many deniers of what happened. I don't know. You probably saw me arguing with lots of fucking ghouls on Twitter uh, who were, who were, you know, I was like, it's kind of weird what happened in Vegas this weekend didn't make the national news. And a lot of people replied, nothing happened in Vegas this weekend. Now, whether you want to believe that it was like gunshots or not, right? Like people, there's a lot of people out there that think that it was gunshots and it was buried and it was kept from the press. I'm not getting into that at all. What did actually happen and is provable is there were multiple stampedes at yes. multiple Vegas properties across Las Vegas, and it's fucking weird that that did not make national news, and I think it's because you are correct, James. That is just the world that we Americans live in now. That is the reality of the situation, that that could have been real. It turns out that the, the reports were false in many of those locations. We know they were false. However, you can't take that chance. No. Not in the US of A. No. And we've seen all the video footage. We've seen that there were stampedes. We've seen that there were people injured. I know of people who were hiding for hours. And sadly, I know people who say they will never go back to Vegas because of this, because they are mentally and emotionally scarred by it, which is a great shame. But as I said, to focus on the positive, for the most part, this series, which many people predicted would be a disaster because they've got tons of new dealers who don't know what they're doing. It's a venue that everyone's going to hate. People won't realize how good they had it at the Rio. I said that, by the way. I, I said a lot of those things. I, I really thought that it was going to be way worse than it was. I was blaming the players mostly for always complaining about the Rio. And I was like, just wait. Just wait till you get to Paris. And I dropped by there for a little bit. And it was very pleasant and nice and yeah. and seemed incredibly well run. I mean, I was there just before the start of the main. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I was very happy to have been wrong about that. So a short break for the poker world, little over a month before the next major live poker event. Let's get into it. The European Poker Tour is returning to its birthplace. First EPT Barcelona since August 2019. And also, and this is what's freaking me out and confusing me, it's a week or so earlier than normal. I expect to be there for like the last weekend of August, but actually we leave the penultimate weekend of August. And I'm guessing that's why this kind of dovetails with Edinburgh, Joe, and why you're gonna have quite a tight turnaround from your final gig. Yeah, actually I had booked a week originally thinking I would be way far away from EPT Barcelona that it wouldn't even come close, but they did end up overlapping by a day. So I'm actually giving my last my last night of my show. I'm giving it to two former guests of this podcast. Danny Zucker and Mike Liam Black are both going to be in Edinburgh and they're going to split the bill on the uh, on the final night. So, yeah, but I'm going I got a 6 a.m. flight to Barcelona on Saturday morning. 
Okay, well, by the time you hear this podcast, I will be there. I am flying on Thursday the 11th. Uh, We kick off our eight days of live coverage on the Sunday, which is the 14th of August. I should say, I'm expecting this festival to be incredibly popular. And I say that for several reasons. The main one being, as we know, with the absence of live poker for an extended period of time, there is a demand that people want to play live again. But also, Barcelona is always a very popular event. It's the biggest, it's the richest of all the EPT stops, and I don't expect this this one to be any different, especially with the return of the Estrellas Poker Tour, the local tour for Spain, I think is going to bring out a lot more players, which I think is then going to feed into the EPT. Yeah, I mean, that's when, when these other local tours were at their height, right? They're all they're the feeder events. They're the ones that draw absolutely insane fields for their main events usually, and that typically pumps up some of the bankrolls of people. They get to satellite their way in, more or less, to play the main event, and that's Barcelona, where there's a line down the hall every year, regardless, let alone with this year, this year's hunger for live poker and for just getting away from wherever you were and just getting, you know, a few minutes uh, to, to take a plane somewhere uh, and, and just sort of get out of the house. People are still really hungry for that stuff. So it's going to be pretty bonkers. I'm expecting to see a lot of people there that we recognize, even people who didn't make it to Prague and Monte Carlo earlier this year. And I know that most players on the roster from Team Pro will be in attendance as well. Maybe not for the whole thing, but certainly for part of it. And that Estrellas event that I referenced, which is a 1K buy-in, and in the past has had more than 4,000 entries. Don't you kind of wish you could play that one? Yeah, that, in a way. That's one I would like. I, like a 1K is like just enough for it to mean something to me. And that sort of field size, if you just happen to get like lucky for a couple of days, man, that would be fun. But that's the thing. It's not a couple of days. It's so many days to get down from <laughs> 4,000 odd down to a winner. And it's going to be punishing of weeks. for those players. And we will watch the concluding stages because our first day of streaming first of eight consecutive days of live coverage will start on Sunday, the 14th of August with the final table of that 1K Australia's main event. And here's something interesting. I have no experience of this tournament. Joe Stapleton, I believe, has covered the Australia's main event on at least one, if not two occasions. I've never been anywhere near it because the only other time we've streamed it is when we produced Shark Cage back in the day. And we had effectively two sets. The main stage was used for filming Shark Cage. We had a smaller set that we used to do streaming on those days. And we'd cover events like the Estrellas, uh, maybe the Estrellas High Roller. But I was always involved in the production of Shark Cage. So this is going to be a new experience for me. Uh, it'll be a new experience for you, and I guess not for me, even though I can't remember ever doing a poker tournament without you. I do remember, you guys might remember the Estrellas main events, um, not from um, Barcelona, but from PCA coverage, when you could hear them screaming from the back of the room whenever something would happen. I think that was the America's Cup of Poker, or that was an LAPT event rather than Estrellas. It was never Estrellas? No, not in the PCA. Well... I guess in Spain only. Fine, whatever. It's uh, uh, It just proves my point. So, kicking off on the Sunday, and by the way, anything which is a final table or a single table tournament will be going live at 1pm Central European Summertime. 
do the conversions. I'm not going to do them for you. Everything else will be 12.30 Central European summertime on a half-hour security delay. So, Australia's final table on the Sunday. Now, there are actually two streams. Count them. Two streams on Monday the 15th. Now, after that Australia's Australia's final table is wrapped, Joe, there is the players' party that night. Okay. But there are a couple of caveats. I don't know how long this final table is going to run, so we might not make it to the party. If it is done in time... Bear in mind, we have got a very early start on the Monday, and I'll talk to you about that off air. It's something behind the scenes that the audience doesn't need to worry about. But we also have two live streams to worry about on Monday the 15th. So the first event at 1 p.m. local time is the PSPC Women's Platinum Pass Tournament. And this is a promotion that dates back to March of 2020, when in the run-up to the PSPC... To celebrate International Women's Day, PokerStars players were asked to nominate inspirational women in the poker world. Women who've made an impact in the game, who've made a difference in the community. And from those nominations that were submitted on email and Twitter, a panel of judges then created a shortlist and whittled that shortlist down to nine players who were given a trip to a live event to play a sit-and-go for a platinum pass. Now, both this promotion and the PSPC itself were postponed because, you know, pandemic. No shit. But now the PSPC is back on for January 2023 in the Bahamas. This is back on. So eight of the nine, sadly, one of the players can't make it. Eight of the nine are coming to Barcelona and they are going to play in a single table tournament with a platinum pass going to the winner. That's really, really fun. I, I Someone tweeted at me about this recently, and her Twitter profile said that she was a finalist in 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, which I think is sort of referencing um, what, you, what, you're, what you're talking about there, just the, the sheer effort it's taken to finally get it to this point and the waiting everyone's had to do. Um, obviously, I love anything that's just like a little bit different yes. from our usual format, so that part's fun. And obviously... Uh, you know, setting aside a platinum pass for, you know, that's specifically going to go to a woman is obviously something I'm a fan of too. So this should be really fun. And also my guess is that like, it's probably not going to be um, eight chiseled veteran poker players uh, that we know and have seen before. So we're going to get a bunch of new personalities. We're probably going to get some, some varying style of play, which I like to see too. It, it really sounds like it's going to be a fun, not even fun day, a fun half a day. Well, I can tell you there are some proficient poker players in that eight, uh, but more will be revealed when we stream that on Monday. And then in the evening of Monday, the 15th of August, true Geordie, who I talked about earlier on, is coming to Barcelona and is going to be hosting a very special edition of the showdown live from EPT Barcelona. So this is the game that's normally played at True Geordie Studio in London. Nope, it's going to be played on the main stage in Barcelona. Two of True Geordie's regular crew, Rory and Adam, are going to play in the game alongside Lex Feldhaus, Spraggy, and Joe Stapleton. Wait, what? What? What did I do to deserve this? I mean, in a good way. Like, of course, I really want to do this, but I, I don't feel like I've earned this in any particular way. Who dropped out? The showdown is as much about the personalities playing in the game and about the conversation at the table as it is about the poker, which is good for you because yes, that's pretty. Don't much have to worry. I- 
bring to the table, literally. About that. And I think they want to have a focus on the EPT as an event. And hopefully you can tell some behind-the-scenes stories. Maybe I can remind you of some of the stories you've probably forgotten about over the years. That would be great. Yeah, just give me like a little cheat sheet. And I get, it'll be like I'm seeing them for the first time. This happened? Wait, wait, wait. You could slip one fake one in there and have me decide which one didn't happen, and I probably would only be a coin flip to get wow, it. that would be so disturbing. Uh, so that is on the evening of Monday the 15th, and then we get into what I consider to be the usual fare. So Tuesday the 16th, final table of the 100K Super High Roller. That's starting at 1 p.m. Central European Summertime. And then we have the last five days of the main event. I imagine these will be long days. They normally are in Barcelona as we have to yeah. play through a pretty big field. Uh, Luckily in Barcelona, you can get paella at any time of night. And I appreciate that a lot of people watching these streams on the PokerStars Twitch and YouTube channels are not going to be able to watch every single minute of every single hour of every single day. But chances are, when you've got a spare 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, we probably will be live. And you'll be able to watch something entertaining. Uh, so days two, three, four, and five, that's from the bubble, playing down to the final two tables, the final table. Those are the days when we're live at 12.30 local time. The final day of our coverage is Sunday, the 21st of August. That is the final table of the main event. I expect the total prize pool in Barcelona to be in the region of 10 million euros. I'd expect the first prize to be in the region of a million euros. And they will play for that prize on the Sunday. And we will be streaming it from 1 o'clock local time. The we being myself, Joe, Nick Walsh, Griffin Benger, and Maria Ho. The entire team is going to be on site. Finally, we brought the band back together. Plus, I referenced the fact that most of the team pros are going to be there. Hopefully, we'll drag some of those guys into the booth, and you'll hear from the likes of Sam Grafton, Spraggy et al. over the course of those eight days. Yes, and hopefully they won't be in too bad of a mood because of it. Obviously, we're always sort of playing with fire there. Uh, if you're hearing from one of our team pros, they would much rather be in the tournament. But Spraggy, Grafton, th they're professionals. They get over it pretty quickly. Um, I realize that I assume that people know where we stream. For the avoidance of doubt, twitch.tv slash pokerstars, youtube.com slash pokerstars for eight days of live coverage from EPT Barcelona, Sunday the 14th to Sunday the 21st of August inclusive. And to make this a proper Barcelona preview show, we wanted to speak to a veteran ahead of our trip to Spain. And Joe, it was your suggestion, and it was a solid suggestion. A player who made his first appearance on the EPT in Barcelona in 2014 and won the first ever seniors event. And then just a few <laughs> days later made the final table of the main event. And since arriving on the scene has gone on to win both an EPT trophy, a world series of poker main event bracelet. And more importantly, he has won our hearts. Hussein Ensan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, James. Good to see you. Good to, good to see you. And, uh, um, I'm very happy to be guest uh, for your podcast. Thank you. Hossein, you always seem very happy. Is that only when we see you or are you happy most of the time? Uh, I am one, one happy man. So I'd be <laughs> always, <laughs> I'd be always uh, happy to my, my friends, my guests and to myself also. 
Well, I'm normal. glad to hear that. You're you're kind of a, a mystery to us ever since you know we first saw you uh, in that seniors event. We've always been very interested. Who is this person? So when you're not playing poker, what is your life like? Do you have a a a, a job, other hobbies? Do you have a family? I have family. I have uh, my wife. I have my daughter, and I have one beautiful uh, dog named Philu, and <laughs> it's a big job, and one big house. And a big, yeah, it's a big job taking care of that dog and a family, yes. I guess. Um, so at what point in your life did you discover poker? Um, poker poker is uh, popular in in Europe since the beginning 2000. And uh, I met uh, this beautiful game in, in Europe. And uh, I fall in love in this game. And I started with that, but very small. And uh, at, uh, as I see my success, then I try to play the higher than before. And so from uh, from 2000, 2001, yes. Got it. Okay. So do you consider yourself uh, to be a professional poker player? So professional poker player, but what can I say? So I play a lot and... Uh, I uh, I take uh, a lot of uh, events in year and professional poker player. Can I say I'm professional poker player? So yeah. before you discovered poker in the two thousands, what what did you do before that? So um, the, I am original uh, civil engineer. Oh, oh. cool! <laughs> but I didn't work in this uh, uh, in this job. I started with a lot of uh, jobs, and my before, before, before professional poker player, I had my own business with taxis and with drivers, and I was so flexible. I could playing poker everywhere. Right. So, and I, I, I see my success in poker. Then I sold my my business and I started with poker. Yes. Nice. Well, it's certainly working out for you. Joe referenced that we first saw you when you won that seniors event in Barcelona. And all of us said, hold on a second, look at this guy. He's not old enough to play a seniors event. <laughs> and you still don't look old no. enough to play a seniors event. So thank you. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> so uh, I was in Barcelona. And this year, nine, uh, 2014, I'm from... Uh, 1964 and i saw <laughs> i saw uh is a senior event and you can play with 50 and i was already 50 in may and uh, uh, i decided to play uh, for main event uh, qualifier then i see so senior event why not i play senior event i play that and uh, I heard now it was the first senior event by the APT. Yes. And I am very proud of myself. The first one APT senior event, I won that. And then you play the main event, which was the 100th EPT main event. Yeah. You made it to the final table. You yeah. made it to the top three where you did a deal. I mean, what a great start to the European Poker Tour for you. So uh, uh, I won my, my ticket through uh, qualifier, and uh, 
Then I try. I had before my experience in small tournament, and I tried to do and I tried to use my experience, all my experience on was I was so focused in this tournament, and uh, so fortunately I got uh, last three player, and after deal I was very happy with my game and with my with my result, and this 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 event changed my. Poker life. After that, I had my bankroll. I could playing so some higher than before. And it was just over a year later, of course, that you find yourself heads up at EPT Prague. You became a main event champion. And the biggest takeaway is I now know never to mumble at the poker table because you need to be very clear whether you're saying I call or good call. <laughs> so it was it was uh, uh james i i i heard always uh dealer they give card and my opponent and uh, uh i think she was uh, uh the name i forgot this name and uh, she said to me call and that's why i if i if i have nothing i fold my hands yeah like always and uh, I said, uh, I heard this call. Then I said, I have nothing. I have just five. And uh, he told, he said to me, the, my, my, the, uh, the runner-up, uh, Club Trenzing, he said, no, I said only it's good call. Then after that, I think about that. He cannot call with eight high. That's why I was, uh, so I yeah. accept this uh, good call. Yeah. We, we really like the way that you guys handled that. I mean, that was a very, um, you know, very sporting way of, yeah. of handling it and being fair about it, not really having to push an angle. The, what yeah. I love best is the fact afterwards when you both realize that I thought I was bluffing, but I had the best hands. Please don't bluff, but you had nothing. You had nothing either. It was, just, <laughs> it was a great moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this game like sport, and you have to be always sportly on the table. Absolutely. So, okay, we know that before you won the World Series of Poker main event, you had a life-changing poker moment, you just said, in the Barcelona main event. When you won the World Series of Poker, was that life-changing? Or was that just like a cherry on top? No, for sure, life-changing uh, in the sense uh, you have more money than before, for sure. <laughs> and uh, don't change, don't change my life. So uh, um, you have, you have, uh, um, you have more respect on the table, and uh, um, and uh, you have to be always good ambassador for this sport. Yeah, and. Uh, 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 and you have to, uh, you, you have, you have always uh, responsibility to 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 media and uh, yeah. like and to, to 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 yeah to society and uh, yeah, it's, it's not as winning winning the, the event is m much easier as uh, you be for always champ is uh, big responsibility. It is a big responsibility. I want to talk to you about your playing style a little bit. Uh, it is unique. It is not, you know, like people have a hard time predicting it. 
uh, is there like a certain strategy or sort of philosophy you go along with in poker or are you just in the moment improvising? So I can't say in the moment, live poker is not so uh, like uh, online. Online, you have to uh, to take it always of mathematics, how many big blinds you have. And uh, in live, is also the same. It's like a, a small difference. And uh, I try, I try always to confuse my opponent. I have, I go over sometimes with nothing. I made a big bluff. And uh, sometimes I have caught and take a best value from my hand. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I mean, strategy is uh, is more important than mathematics. And day day for day is is different. So day one for me, day one is the uh, stronger uh, day, and uh, day two is a different. If I have chips, I try I try to work with my chips. Yeah, and, we can uh, tell. <laughs> I try to work with my chips, and uh, so and uh, I try I try to to play with my chips, and uh, for sure, for sure, I know uh, always how many big blinds I have, and how many big blinds had my 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 opponent. And I try if I if I have good hand, I try to get the best value from my hand. If I have nothing, I try to pressure my opponent. It's work is the, 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 the other other question. So what he's saying really here to translate, guys, is that no matter what happens, he's trying to win every single pot, which um, <laughs> we can all attest to. We have seen that. Hossein, one last question for you. Obviously, we talked about Barcelona as the first place you popped up on our radar. Uh, it, does that mean Barcelona is special to you? Is it a special place? And will you be there this year? So, Joe, I have two uh, favorite city, three. Now three, Vegas also. <laughs> before, before Vegas and Amsterdam. Amsterdam is not far, far away from my home. It's only two, two hours drive. And uh, I have to say, I learned my, my, my poker game in Holland and in, in Germany. Cool. And uh, two favorite city, first one, Barcelona, they changed my poker life. And it's a beautiful city, for sure. And uh, Amsterdam also and Vegas for sure. I saying it was great to relive your past successes. And obviously we expect to see many more on the EPT in the future. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting and uh, uh, all the best. I hope to see you soon in, uh, in Prague or in London and uh, everywhere of this uh, planet. Thanks, Dad. Love you. I love you too, Joe. <laughs> Take care. James, all the best. All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we have got for this show. That is just about all the time we have got for the Barcelona preview. That is just about all the time we have got for our summer specials. James. Yes. Big question. Obviously, we're going to cover it a lot during Barcelona, but for yeah. now... Looking ahead, what is going on after Barcelona? What can we hint at? Okay, well, the podcast is back properly from summer recess on Friday, the 2nd of September. And on that episode, we'll obviously recap EPT Barcelona. We will also be previewing WCOOP 2022. So the dates are out there, but by the time we next speak, we'll have 
full details of what's new in WCOOP this year, the full event schedule, and I guess for people who listen to this show, the streaming schedule is what they're interested in as well. And whilst we're doing those streams during WCOOP, we'll record some podcasts, we'll utilize the services of Mr. Howard Swains, who'll keep us across everything that's going on. Plus, regular podcast features will return, including Superfan versus Stapes, which means, one more time, let's get the call to action out there. We have a Discord, and there is a link to the PokerStars Discord server in the podcast description. There is a dedicated channel on Discord for people to apply to come on the show to be a superfan and compete for prizes. And there is new merch, Joe. I have some of it sat by me right now, but I'm saving it. And I figure (laughs) when we go live with our WCOOP streams in September, I will be able to showcase some of the merch that is now available. And I think you guys are going to like it. It is exclusive merch in the sense that you can only win it via a Poker in the Ears competition or giveaway. It is not for sale. It's promotional merchandise only. So Um, only Poker in the Ears, not on the Sunday Million, just Poker in the Ears? Maybe the Sunday Million as well. But you can't buy it is the point. That's my point. You're right, Joe. The Sunday Million is part of our wider world. and <laughs> the universe. <laughs> connected to that, Superfan versus Stapes, the main prize is the chance to win a $109 Sunday Million ticket. Yes, it's all connected. Kevin Feige, you've got nothing on the PSCU. <laughs> yeah, weaving together 26 movies fairly seamlessly is almost the achievement that doing broadcast twice a week with James and Joe is. Almost. Um, Very quickly, while on the subject of Discord, thanks to everyone who flagged that the man with the golden arm, which was the subject of our last episode, our last Poker Movie Monday, is out of copyright and is actually free to watch pretty much everywhere, including on its Wikipedia page. Oh, this would be great. From now on, whenever somebody comes into our chat asking for something for free, let's just send them the link to the man with the golden (laughs) arm. (laughs) And then you get to listen to the podcast as well and know what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, And a second shout out for Bounty Bob, who says, enjoyed the first two summer specials. Looking forward to the third. Listen to the first one on my flight back to the UK after my first ever World Series of Poker events in Vegas. Was pleased to have something to entertain me whilst licking my wounds. Keep up the great work, guys. Do you, does he mean actual wounds from getting trampled or, you know, just poker wounds? I, I think poker wounds. Okay. I think clearly was not, did not have a winning trip. Well, let's go out on a high note, everybody. That is all the time we have got for this week's show for our summer specials. Back with a podcast in September. But until then, tune in to live coverage, eight days of it from EPT Barcelona. But for now, until next time, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.